Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of the Starkville Daily News, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman here with you on a Thursday morning. We are so glad to be with you. Glad you've joined us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate everybody tuning in, especially our great servicemen and women out there taking care of us and our medical personnel taking care of us here at home. We are glad you have joined us here on a Thursday morning. We want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffee House who remind you that just because you're quarantined doesn't mean you have to be without caffeine. You can go by today. Go over to Highway 12 and hit the drive through window up or hit the walk-up window over on University Drive, and they'll get you taken care of with those hot and or cold. But you can get one of each. Yeah. You can get one of each. Yeah. A little hot, a little cold. Yeah. I had the uh, the iced albino squirrel the other day. That was great. See? It was 80-something degrees on Saturday. I think it was Saturday. It was pretty hot. And, yeah. Uh, it's like, yeah, I, I need the caffeine, but I don't really want the hot and... First time ever, went with the iced albino squirrel. And it was good? Would recommend. See, there you go. We'll get again, for sure. Bam! Just like that. Makes it happen. Uh, and, of course, like we've always said about uh, Strange Brew, if you need some provisions right now, they've got you taken care of, you know, with uh, with toilet paper, bread, milk, sugar. Hand sanitizer. I, that's right. They do have hand sanitizer. By the way, you said it was uh, 80 degrees on Saturday, last Saturday? Yeah, it's going to be like 30 this Saturday. The, the, the low for Saturday is 37. In on May mid-May the 9th my anniversary is that your anniversary yeah well it'll be a cold night in the Coleman house <laughs> let me tell you that much it's good right for now. cuddling Brian that's true it's a true story uh want to also thank our good friends over at College Corner if you go to their website right now collegecornerstore.com you can get a great deal you can get 30% off any gift card purchase so you buy a gift card at all you gotta do is go to the website search for gift cards it pops up boom 30% off so you can get a $100 gift card for just seventy bucks, I, I can't stress enough. I don't. I I don't need to tell you how good a deal that is. All right, I'm going to write an article by the way this week on the top five deals Mississippi State fans almost had, and it's going to be that's not going to be on there because you can't have that deal. Deals that Mississippi State almost had. They almost had. They didn't quite get them. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna make Mississippi State look really good in that article. Don't worry about that though. I'm just thinking when I think deals, I think transactions. I'm just saying, no, 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 calm down, okay. calm down, okay. none of that's being said, Okay. just saying, there, you know, there are deals you could have had, this is a deal you can have, just go to collegecornerstore.com and search for gift cards, 30% off any purchase, any gift card purchase that you make. Well, you just had two pretty good ads there, because now I'm looking forward to seeing this article of yours. Oh, yeah, 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 sure, sure, it's going to be fantastic. Uh our friends over at Advantage Business Systems are willing to take care of you right now. Just because some things are starting to, to wind down and, and ramp back up, 
doesn't mean you don't want to keep a safe working environment. You might want to keep your employees at home. And, hey, you might have learned that they're being more productive and they're, they're all happier at home. So if that's the case and you need to get things set up, Advantage Business Systems can help. They know what to do. They know who to call. And they know what to get set up for your remote workers. All those devices they're going to need, they can take care of that. Please give them a call today and take advantage of their 45 years of experience in this state helping businesses everywhere they've turned. Advantage Business Systems at 844-833-6245, or you can go online and visit them at absms.com, absms.com. Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. All right, time for the greatest bulldog brag. Are you excited for this one? We are. I don't, you know, when we started this, I don't think we realized that uh, it was going to, you know, go as, at both as fast and as slow as it had. We're starting to ramp up and wind down on this now. Yeah, we're only, I think you just, we were talking about off the air. I think we're only a couple weeks, couple away, weeks from, away from, from being, crowning the greatest bulldog. This is the end of the Elite Eight. We'll start the, uh, the we'll, we'll do Elite Eight matchups next week, and then we'll be into the Final Four. Man. I mean, that's, it puts, it puts us, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like we started this with the with the the first week of the coronavirus, yeah, and here we are. So you know, time's passing, and down the stretch we come. Something like that. Yeah. All right. Uh, half of the elite eight bracket is set. It is done. Advancing. Here's here, here's the shocker. Here's the upset for me. Rafael Palmero won his matchup by a more by a larger margin than Dak Prescott did. Palmero got ninety six percent of the vote over Bobby Thigpen. Yeah, but it was Smoot, right, against Dak? Yeah. Uh, Smoot, Smoot tugs on some heartstrings. Thickpin, you know? I thought, I mean, especially when you look at how easily Thickpin beat uh, uh, Walt Harris and LaToya Thomas, I thought maybe there was like a groundswell for him. And Palmero just smacked him like he was an 86-mile-an-hour fastball. Well, us lightnings, we know how to get the I job get done. Get the job done. So 96% of the vote for him. Rafael Palmero advances to the Elite Eight. He will take on, no surprise, Anthony Dixon with the, quote, upset, unquote, victory over Jeff Malone. 70% of the vote for Booby. So that's your one elite matchup in the drill field region, in the Lee Hall region. We already said it. Dak Prescott, 93% of the vote. He advances to play, take on, can Will Clark, can he be the one? Can now, Thunder? Now we're getting down to business. We, we got Dak Prescott versus Will Clark. We're we got have, Anthony Dixon versus Rafael Palmero. Now it's time to start making some decisions. Yeah. Doesn't got real now, folks. Dak's going to win, but Will Clark's going to get some votes. He's going to get some votes. So that's that's it. Prescott, Clark, Palmero, Dixon. That's one hat. That's the elite eight on the left hand side of the bracket. Let's go over to the right side. Take away the notoriety for a second, okay? Like with Dak in the media. Look, he deserved to become a media darling. I'm not right, making right. fun of him, but he was a media darling. Yeah. Take, take all that out of it and just who was better at their sport? Will Clark. Yeah. Will Clark. He just was. He was better. So at but, Mississippi State. At anyway. Mississippi State. Yeah. Well, in the pros, and, and maybe so in the far. pros. So who, yeah, I mean, so far. Yeah. So, so anyway, we'll see where it goes. You can. I guess what I'm trying to say is, I'm not trying to convince anybody, but if you're kind of thinking, oh, I kind of like Will Clark here, I don't think you're yeah, out of line. I'm to not. Think I'm that. not going to make you defend that de- that decision. I won't make you defend it. All right. The Chapel of Memories Region One versus Five here in the Sweet Sixteen. Bailey Howell versus Morgan William. There's going to be some recency in this one. This is, you know, Morgan William has knocked off two people that a lot of MSU fans were upset she knocked off. Yeah. Jarius Norwood and Lawrence Roberts. If she knocks off Bailey Howell, people are going to be mad. Yeah. Legit mad. And 
Look, I, big I, mad. I think Mo deserves all the credit in the world for what she no did way and she stuff. Beat but Bailey but Howell. if mad's the wrong word, it's not like I'm going to lose sleep over it if she wins. I'll this. be so angry. <laughs> but all of a sudden, this tournament is just. Almost not legit anymore. If well, Bailey Howell doesn't it's win, all about, it, 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 it's all about what the fans. It want. is a popularity contest. It is. You know, I didn't set this out as you know. Let's look at the stats. Yeah, but that will be a surprise if, if that does. I mean, Bailey Howell's his name's hanging in the hump. I mean, there's a banner. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. No, uh, well, the street the hump is on is Bailey Howell Avenue. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, Bailey Howell versus Morgan Williams. Jeff Simmons versus Victoria Vivians. I think Simmons is getting. I think we're going to see our second three seed get through here. I think so. Simmons is a, is a very is having he's having a good run, totally dominant in both of his uh, wins. Much as he was on the field, eighty three percent in the first round, seventy seven percent in the second round when he took down Timmy Bowers. Uh, Victoria had one of the largest margins in the first round, ninety seven percent of the vote. Dropped down to sixty three percent against Eric Moulds. Molds, you know, as a football player, getting almost 40% of the vote, but he's a guy who, you know, played 20 years ago, 25 years ago now, I guess. This is, uh, is that right? 25, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Right. Uh, and then, but Simmons, you know, the, the, the recency is there for him. This is going to be an interesting matchup, I think. I think Simmons is going to get it. So, one versus five, Bailey Howell versus Morgan William. Two versus three, Victoria Vivian's Jeff Simmons. That's your Chapel of Memories region in the Allen Hall region. A all baseball battle of another battle of teammates. We had it on the one side. We're going to have it here now. Jake Mangum versus Brent Rooker. I don't know if you saw this. I tweeted yesterday they were named to the SEC's All Decade team by D1 Baseball. You did. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that or I, not. I noticed. Um, uh, could have also tweeted it in January. Just try to keep people informed. Uh, Mangum has had uh, a cakewalk so far. 93% of the vote over Nuno Borges. 82% of the vote over Fletcher Cox. Total domination for him. Brent Rooker dominated uh, Brent uh, Don Smith in the first round. 89% of the vote for him. And then a 2-1 to one margin over Daryl Wilson. I thought that was a little bit of an upset, even though Rooker uh, was the higher seed. And now these two teammates are going to have to go head-to-head. This is one where I hope that we get some social media back and forth. I hope it happens. Yeah, that'd be great. And you know... Brent Rooker had the best season of the two. Yeah. Um, it's just that Jake Mangum probably – I don't even think it's probably. Jake Mangum had the better career, in yeah. my opinion, yeah. for sure. It is a it is a great season versus great career kind of match. Not that yeah. Rooker wasn't good as a uh, sophomore. Yeah. But he – but right, they, they both had <laughs> – yeah, Rooker had a good career. Don't don't think I'm just trying to right, shortchange right. him here. But Brent, Noted Brent Rooker hater. Yeah, noted – Joel T. Coleman. Oh, I love some Brent He's Rooker. He's from Houston, Tennessee, I heard. <laughs> Gosh. Ah. Uh, uh. <laughs> All right, down on the bottom half of this region, uh, two versus three. Johnny Cooks versus Jeff Brantley. Very old school matchup here. A couple of guys from the 80s. Johnny Cooks has been impressive to me. You know, it, it, this is the the one guy that uh, historically that I would not have imagined a whole ton of state fans would have remembered or would, you know, you know, especially as we're seeing the younger generation has sort of dominated this poll. But he got 70% of the vote over Porkchop Womack and 75% of the vote over Mario Hagan. So he's been pretty uh, pretty dominant. Brantley got 87% of the vote in his first-round matchup against Shorty McWilliams and then 64% of the vote over Jonathan Holder uh, in the uh, second round. So there's your Sweet 16 on the Allen Hall region. Mangum, Rooker, Brantley, Cooks. I think that the seeds will hold and we'll have one versus two here, and then I think that's going to be the biggest mismatch of the second round. Of the, I'm sorry, of the Elite Eight, which is I think Mangum will get almost 90% of the vote over Johnny Cooks. I think. We'll see. Yeah, I, I could see that. 
My final four are still in it. I, I think you know. I think it's going to be three ones. I think it's going to be Hal. I think I think Dixon might take Palmera. I don't know, man. We'll see. We'll I, see. I won't be totally surprised if Simmons wins and beats Billy Hal, though. I think that. I, I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. Uh, Twitter polls are probably already up as you're listening, and uh, check them out. Vote. We'll run those through Sunday, and then Sunday we'll be ready to start the Elite Eight of the greatest Bulldog bracket. Let's move on over to the Welcome Home Beef Hotline. We've got a great Bulldog Rewind for you tonight, and we we are really excited for you to hear some good stuff uh, in this one. We're going to talk to Wes Ray about the 2014 Super Bulldog Weekend comeback win over Ole Miss, one of the craziest baseball games we've ever seen in front of a record crowd that will likely never be broken at Mississippi State. Uh, just an all-around incredible day. And uh, we will take you to that uh, interview right now on the Welcome Home Beef Hotline. Of course, Welcome Home Beef, I was there today. Bought a couple of big fat ribeyes for the wife for this weekend. Can't wait to cook those up. They are going to be fantastic. And you can t- treat your wife to some of that USDA prime steak, burgers, whatever it is she wants to eat. As long as it's good old American red meat, they've got you taken care of there at Welcome Home Beef. Great service, great people. Please give them a call today at 662-418-2021. Or you can just go online at facebook.com slash welcomehomebeef. Place your order. They can ship anywhere. You can take whatever you want home. They've got it all for you at Welcome Home Beef. And the most important part of all, Joel Coleman, is what? Is that no matter what you get, it just tastes good. All right, so joining us now on the Welcome Home Beef Hotline is former MSU Diamond Dog Wes Ray down there on the Gulf Coast in Mississippi trying to stay busy with all this quarantine. I'm glad you had time to join us today and talk about what, for my money, is... I said this yesterday to Joel that before the the game this last uh, June in, in Omaha, the game against Auburn, this was the craziest ending to a baseball game that I could remember in terms of just... You talk about the record crowd... You talk about you know the the way that the, the the game ended and everything else that was involved. It, it's just it, it's some unimaginable stuff. Let's just start with that crowd. You know, I think you guys have to be aware that there was going to be a big crowd. Super Bulldog weekend, Ole Miss is in town. You knew it was going to be a big crowd, but when you first got your look, you know, walking out onto the field, were, were even you impressed that gosh, there are a ton of people in here? To be honest with you, it started way before I walked on the field. You know, I mean. Talk about the year before hosting a regional, and that by far was the just craziest atmosphere from as soon as you got on campus. And then, so I mean, I got to experience that in 2013. And then, you know, you're thinking, you know, a regional, super regional type atmosphere is about as good as you could come up with. But, you know, even driving to the field that day, it was just the traffic was crazy. We had to park somewhere differently because of the traffic. And so, I mean, you started getting those feelings that it was going to be a pretty unbelievable atmosphere as soon as you got on campus, to be honest with you. When you look at this game, you know, I had forgotten that you had the first RBI in this game, that you flied out the center and then that scored. Uh, Seth Heck made it one nothing. You guys take a 2 nothing lead in the third. Ole Miss comes back up to tie it in the fifth. And it's a 2-2 game uh, going into the, to the tenth inning. It's just been sort of back and forth, you know, and you've got, you know, Nobody seems to have the advantage. Just what? What are your memories of like? We'll just say the first ten innings of this game when it was just two to two and sort of going like that. It was just a typical rivalry game, you know. I mean, no matter how good or bad either of us ever are, you know, it just seems to be such a competitive game, especially with that crowd. I mean, the, 
to be honest with you, you know, the at-bats start to fade as the years go on. But, you know, like you said and kind of what you mentioned already, the crowd's just something that I don't think I'll ever forget. Wes, the Egg Bowl obviously gets a ton of, you know, media coverage and whatnot. And, uh, you know, State-Ole Miss basketball, big rivalry there. It's a big rivalry whenever State plays Ole Miss. Take me through, I mean, a lot of times in baseball, you guys grow up playing, you know, summer ball together and knowing everybody and and things like that. And I I guess I would ask, I know for the fans, this rivalry is humongous in every sport. For you guys in baseball, when you play Ole Miss, is is it just as intense for you all as it is the fans? Or is there a little bit of a brotherhood there because you know some of these guys from from playing, you know, summer ball, travel ball, whatever? Right. No, that's a great question. And and you're right. It actually does start long before we actually get to college. You know, we end up knowing several guys that are playing there, of course. And, you know, as you grow older, the stereotypes kind of start to become true of both schools, you know. So then people that may have been your friends or just friendly competitors, you know, when they decide to go there and then obviously you decide to go to Mississippi State, I mean, you, you kind of start thinking about them differently, you know, just because of that rivalry. And then you get to school and you get on campus and you, and you really get that feeling of how serious it is, you know. So you get to school and you're like, man, these people, I mean, this really is a big deal, you know. And then you get on the athletic field and you're like, yeah, we, we can't lose to these guys. <laughs> There's just too much pride involved, you know. And it becomes, the rivalry special to me because it becomes so prideful of the fan base, you know, to know that everybody sitting in those seats really wants us to beat those guys a little bit more than any other game we're playing, you know. Yeah, did, did you have some? Did you have a friend? Uh, did you, were you close with anybody on this Ole Miss team back in, in 2014? Um, man, there was a ton of. I mean, to be honest with you, you have to go through the names, and I played them. I, there's several that I played yeah. against. Nobody that I that I played with per, per se. Um, actually, the one Halton Buchanan, he's from the coast. He was a pitcher on that team. Um, that's one that I grew up with. You know being from the coast but you know several of those guys were friendly competitors growing up and you have an interesting perspective of, of the msu Ole miss rivalry because you were recruited for football as well and I, 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 correct me if i'm wrong but you actually had an, a, a visit with hugh freeze at one point right yeah i actually have a, a crazy story and i guess we can roll the tape and we can play it if you think it's, it's let's go okay, but, um, so um this is this is probably one of my best football recruiting stories, actually. So, you know, I was getting recruited heavily by Hugh Freeze, and Dan Mullen was here. It was at State at the time, and this is my senior year. And um, I signed my national letter of intent to play baseball. You know, I've kind of told these guys, you know, man, I'm done. I, I'm I'm playing baseball. And so, legally, schools cannot continue to recruit you once you sign a national letter of intent to some degree you know they can't come see you all these things well they still were trying to get me to play football because they couldn't believe that a 6'5 290 pound high school kid was really going to play baseball I don't think they really believed it yet so they were the recruiting continued on so Dan Mullen but the state you did sign your NLI with could continue to recruit you because you're going to that university but Dan and his crew, um, Manny Diaz was with him then, Havasi, of course, you know, they were still recruiting me heavily, just trying to sway me to do both at least. Um, so he's come to see me. He tells me, hey, I'm going to be on the coast recruiting. 
um, coming by. I'll be by the high school to see you at you know, 10 o'clock or whatever. Make sure you're in the field house. So I know he's coming. So about 9.30, I get a call from my coach step outside the class. You know, that's kind of how that happened back then. A coach is here to see you. He's like, Wes, it's Houston Nutt and um, you know, his crew. And I'm like, well, Coach, I didn't think they were allowed to, you know, recruit me or see me or anything like that. He's like, well, they're really not. But I, I got to let them, you know, they, they had to tell me. They had to let you know they were here, at least, to give you the option. So I'm like, oh, man. So I text Mullen, and I tell him, he's the nuts here. He's trying to get me to come to his office. He said, and then he uh, just said, well, I'll be there as soon as possible. Try to keep him there. So I don't know. If, I don't know if Dan was going to try to get there and catch him in the act of um, whatever legality that may have been. But it just put a, puts an 18-year-old kid in a tight spot to, to decide what you do right there. So that's a pretty good story that, that I'll never forget. Yeah, and I misspoke. I said freeze. I forgot, yeah, that you would have been when Nutt was still at Ole Miss. I can't believe Ole Miss may have committed a recruiting violation, Wes. I can't. I just yeah. can't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I think Dan was trying to catch him in the act. That, it was, it was actually got looked pretty intense for for a little bit because I'm, you know, I'm walking to the field house, thinking, man, are they really going to show up and bust in coach's <laughs> office right that, now? You know, that that he was trying to set up a crime scene and put me in the middle of it. <laughs> That's good uh, stuff. It's like when the police try to get you know these random innocent people to uh, you know. <laughs> buy drugs or something. Yeah. And get it's a sting yeah. operation. Yeah. That's, you were you were you were the uh, the undercover in a sting operation, basically. Exactly. I was the bait at 18 years old. In NCAA crazy ordeal, you know. I got gotcha. you. Well, let's get back to this game a little bit here. I think the most surprising part of this game, not that Ole Miss made a comeback and, and was able to take the lead, but that it was Jonathan Holder that gave up the lead. You know, the guy's been so solid his whole career. And, and he just, did, for whatever reason there in the 10th, it just got away from him there. You're sitting there at first base, and you know, you're normally thinking, man, I might not even see the ball because Holder's just going to strike everybody out. When you see your, your, your closer struggling like that, what, what, what do you do? Do you go out to the mound? Do you want to try to have a word with him? What, what goes through your mind? Um, I had a really good relationship with our pitchers because, number one, I, got, I actually got recruited to be a pitcher at Mississippi State. So I've, I always had a background of working with the, pitch, the pitchers and Butch. Because you know he recruited me actually, so I had a great relationship and I always tried to run to the mound and you know calm a guy down or just talk whatever the situation may be. But I mean definitely. But in that situation, Jonathan Holder has been there, done that. You know it was just kind of one of them things. Hey, it is what it is. Let's get in there and try to score some runs for him. But you know it is definitely a shocker. You're not used to that. I think that may happen maybe two times my whole career when Jonathan Holder was on the mound. So. Yeah. It is a little bit of a shock, but just like anything, just get back in there and try to score some runs. And if you actually got a little more fire in you to, to not let him have that blown save on his record just because of who was on the mound, you know? Yeah. And when you think about, you know, for me, at working in the media, I can remember some of the crazy crowd moments you know, when everybody's going nuts and cheering. But by that same token, I don't remember Diddy Noel ever being more quiet when Sykes Orvis hits that home run. And when he crosses plate, the, the Ole Miss players all yelled, boom. And I'm telling you, you could hear it echo through the stadium. Everybody was just they were just shell shocked at that point. How to, you know for for fans, obviously it's one thing, but for players, how hard is it to shake that off? Where you're just like, oh gosh, now we're down, you know, three runs at this point. We got we got to get this going. Is it is something that you know as a player? Hey, this is part of it. We're we, we're gonna we're gonna come back and we're gonna win this game. Is it just is it just that quick for you? It is. I mean, obviously it's a little more magnified in that atmosphere, but. 
it's just you you just kind of roll with the punches you just that's what you have to do and um you know in that atmosphere you kind of kind of like i said like the fire under you to, to come back and, and try to try to win the game in front of that crowd because i mean at that point you're like man we, we just let fifteen thousand plus people down <laughs> you know that was a terrible <laughs> feeling that i'll never forget so that's just, i mean that's kind of the mindset just like any other moment just a little more magnified before we get to this bottom of the tent, I'm going to take you back for just one second. You mentioned you, you were recruited as a pitcher. Why did you never see the mound? Uh, when, when did that change? What, what were those conversations like? Was that was that a you call or was that a uh, well a, a them call? <laughs> well, it was a it was actually a, an injury call. So I mean, I actually had labor surgery my um, senior summer coming to Mississippi State. I was a big reason behind me red shirt, and I mean, I didn't even pick up a ball to throw the whole fall of 2010, I guess it would be. Um, so, I mean, I was really delayed with that, and then because of that, I could actually still swing the bat, couldn't throw. So, really just working on, you know, my hitting and just kind of evolved, and, you know, it worked out to where we really, first base slot was really open, you know, my red shirt freshman season, um, and it just kind of, it kind of worked out to where I was our starting first baseman freshman day red shirt freshman year and it, was, it just kind of stuck and I was the guy and we just kind of put pitching in the rearview mirror ever since and, and to be honest with you I don't think my arm ever got right again um, it was just it was really just kind of bothered me throughout my whole college career actually so it was just it was something we never really revisited simply because of the injury and surgery Oh. And second thing here, I gotta ask. We we talked about Sykes Orvis. We talked about the home run. You were a guy that I don't think I ever saw without facial hair. What were your thoughts on the Sykes Orvis mustache? <laughs> oh man, I mean, you know, it's great. Actually, Sykes is actually a great guy. You know, we actually had a pretty decent, friendly relationship on the yeah. field, just being you know, two big first baseman kind of deal. So, um, you know, you, you respect it, but at the same time, it kind of give puts a little chip on your shoulder to. To, you know, maybe shut them up or just try to do something about it. You know, kind of just puts that edge on on things a little bit. But it was pretty nice, I gotta say. <laughs> so let's go here into the bottom of the tenth. Uh, you know, first first batter is uh, Bradford, and he, he flies out. CT Bradford, uh, and then you get Cody Brown to pinch hit for Reed Humphreys, which you know is a little surprising. You know, from my standpoint, because Humphreys was such a good hitter. But obviously, you know, they make Cohen makes the decision to, to go to Cody Brown, and he delivers. He, he delivers a double. Uh, then Seth Heck doubles him in. You've got you know a man on second. This is the point in the inning for me where I'm starting to think if they can get somebody else on, they can get to Wes. And you know, and you're 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 the guy that who could change the game with one swing at that point. You're you're you're, you're probably not even out of the dugout yet. You're just you know waiting your turn. Are you starting to think the same? Like man, if they can just get a couple more guys on, I I can be at bat and I can I can win this. Yeah, I mean, those situations, guys, I mean, those are the situations you dream about when you're a little kid. I mean, even if you are, I think I would have been fifth or sixth, or probably sixth coming up in that order, if I, I mean, if I remember right. So, I mean, you know there's a chance, but obviously, you know, you know, two or three guys got to get on base. So, that's a moment that you you got to be ready for. So, I mean, obviously, I was preparing mentally in the dugout, but then, as you said, you know, hit here, hit there, and you kind of start thinking, all right, here we go, I'm going to have a chance at this. And then you start running situations through your mind, you know. I mean, if I do get to the plate, here's what the situations could be. And, you know, just try to make sure you're ready for it. And, and then sort of like you were correct, by the way, you were, you were going to be sixth. Detz reaches on an error. Uh, so that, that advances Heck to third. And then Pirtle comes up. He, he lines out, but that allows Seth Heck to score. And now it's a one-run game, and you're at the plate 
with a man on, I guess he should have been on second at this point. He might have still been on first. Uh, and Alex Detz. You hit the first pitch, and you know that it's not out. But And you might have even thought it was going to drop. But in your, in your wildest dreams, did you think that the guy in right was going to dive for that ball? I didn't. I, I actually think the guy was on first. It's kind of why you know him diving for it was was even more unexpected. You know, because yeah. he was trying to keep that guy on the base path. You know, and um, I mean, obviously, I didn't hit the ball well. It was just kind of just like a, you know, just kind of like a bloop job in the right field. And you know, I'm you know, I got a perfect view of what he's doing running down the first baseline. I mean, I can just still remember him laying out for it, and it wasn't even really that close no. and rolling by. Him, <laughs> it was not. You know, and I'm just thinking to myself, "Oh my gosh, he's going to score!" And yeah. then, guys, after that, that's just kind of one of those moments that just the you know the crowd just is kind of just deafening at a certain yeah. point. You don't even you know you don't even hear anything at that point, and I can just remember taking a deep breath and just kind of looking around after it. And it was just, I mean, I can still see the pictures in my head, just, you know, cowbells ringing yeah. and people jumping on the fence. I mean, it was one of those moments you just, you know, it's going to be a picture in your memory for a long time. You know, for me, being up in the press box, when you hit it, I thought, okay, that's got a chance to drop. And then I saw him coming in, and I was like, well, okay, they're going to have, what, first and second here, and, and yeah. you know, we'll see what happens. Exactly. And exactly. That's kind of the best-case scenario. That's the maybe. smart play. And then he, when, he right. hit, when he lays out, I mean, it's one of those things, like you say, it sort of goes slow in your head. I can remember yeah. thinking, what? <laughs> the ball hits the ground, and then it just sort of goes from there. So now we've got a tie, tie ball game. It's 5-5, five to five, and like you said, the place is going. It's just an absolute madhouse at, at this point. Right. Why, why'd they pinch run for you? <laughs> Man, I always ask him that question. I, you know, I always, when we go back and think about it, I always remind him that I'm one for one stolen bases in my career. That's right. <laughs> so perfect thousand percent on stealing bases or hundred percent on stealing bases so but um obviously the smart play there was being the winning run and then you know you then immediately direct your attention to you know freshman gavin collins coming to the plate yeah which i mean that's a huge spot for a freshman there it is you know especially with a slider heavy heavy pitcher on the mound you, Mm -hmm. you know what's coming you know, and I just thought, you know, that that kind of made Gavin take a leap in his career right there for sure because that was definitely a big moment. When, when he makes contact with the ball, what what's the first thing that blows through your head? I'm just thinking, no matter what, you got to send him. And Matthew, you know, Matthew Britton's running. You know, he can run good. You know, you're just praying the ball gets through, and then you know, if the ball gets through, you know, we're sending him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then it's just meet meet him at the plate and see what the call is. So, um, yeah, I mean, you just. You just in those situations you're sending that guy, and so you know that's kind of like ball game. Here it is, you know, get ready. Is this the craziest game you ever played in? Um, God, it if the atmosphere, as far as being at home, definitely special. I mean, definitely a top three. But you know, the, some of the moments in Omaha may may rank a little higher. But from a duty noble field, you know, Mississippi State perspective there's no question i mean you know there's more there's more moments in that game than i can remember in most other in all other series besides maybe omaha my whole career it was it was a a tremendous uh spectacle to watch just from my perspective i can't imagine what it was like uh to play in it so a lot of fun to to relive this with you Wes. we appreciate your time thanks so much man anytime you want to come back on give us the holly anytime you want to talk you can talk about whatever you want if you got any more good (laughs) goods Good stories about getting old Miss in trouble. We're down for that. Hunting, fishing, we'll talk about it, man. 
<laughs> All right, guys. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. I appreciate you. Appreciate what you guys do for Mississippi State. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Wes. Thanks, Wes. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Bye. All right, thanks to Wes. That was really, really entertaining stuff. Appreciate his time coming on with us and remembering one of those great uh, Bulldog victories. We certainly appreciate that. Uh, we got another one uh, hopefully lined up very soon, and if so, we'll uh, we'll bring it to you. It may, it may not be tomorrow, maybe next week, but we will have another uh, some more Bulldog rewinds coming your way as the summer goes along. I was just telling Joel, by the way, I don't think I mentioned this on the air. I, I did. I looked. We're two weeks away from starting some uh, the SEC opponent pre- not opponent previews the the capsules of everybody. So our summer content is coming. And we're going to we're going to we're going we're going to make the assumption that everything is going to be normal and we're going to start opponent previews when they're supposed to start and go from there. So the, we are I think if I'm correct 4 weeks away from talking yeah. about the egg bowl. Well, you know, talking about getting to normal and looking towards the fall. There was a point in time not long ago where I wasn't incredibly optimistic about everything being close to normal this fall i don't know that it will be back to normal this fall Mm -hmm. but i am now incredibly optimistic that we're all about to get some sports yeah because i I mean mlb apparently is making strides to get back bundesliga is back are Uh, you excited the what the bundesliga sure it's it's coming back on uh june 15th i believe that's soccer or maybe it's may 15th what what do you got here german soccer oh i'm sure they're german the (laughs) version of the premier league you know what if right now if i went home there was live soccer i'd sure watch you'd watch it man you'd be like robert Uh, Lewandowski. (laughs) (laughs) but no i I feel pretty optimistic now that that we're about to crank some things up so yeah i'm excited to actually look forward me too to games being played I am too. All right, guys. Have a great Thursday. Back with you on Friday. For Joel T. Coleman, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.